You're listening to Box Office Bros. Starring Corey Osborne. It's a party every week, baby. Embarrass me in front of Corey. How many of these guys are named Corey? And Chance Oliver. Are you prepared to take that chance? I think you ought to know what our chances are. You had your chance and you blew it. Let's start the show. Now go do that voodoo that you do. Hold on to your butts. Showtime, a-holes. Hello, hello, hello there. How's it going? It's going is. good. Hey, Chancy Pants. How you doing, my guy? I'm great. Were you talking to the audience? I was, I, I don't know. I'm talking to everybody. I'm okay. talking to, I'm talking to the people, you know, I am the, I, people. I'm the, I'm the people's, it's the people's court. But anyways, hey, how you doing, man? How's, I'm, how's, I'm doing, how's it going? Doing pretty good. I caught up on my sleep because we were up to something yesterday. No, for sure. We were out real late last night because, you know, we were watching both of our most anticipated films of the year. Of the last two years. For the last two years, yes. The last two years. And that is Dune. Goodness. Finally. I am so glad that this, I'm just, I'm so glad that this happened. Like I'm, I'm so glad that we were able to watch Dune. I'm just grateful, even if the movie, even if the movie was a load of crap, <laughs> I would be very disappointed. Obviously, but um, we did it together. It's still like be so glad that we're able to watch it and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And I honestly, I honestly don't know. Like I don't know if reading Dune would have had. I don't know if reading Dune would have had had a more negative or a more positive effect on my view of the film. Yeah. I really liked it. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. I, and I'll get into, and we'll, you know, we'll be able to get into all that kind of stuff, but you know, regardless, um, yeah. Do you chance, do you just want to get into it? Do you just yeah. Let's get, get into, into the spoilers and everything, even yeah. though the book's been out for 50 years, <laughs> but chance, uh, let's go ahead and start out a little bit with your thoughts on Dune. Okay. So this movie, the scale is awesome. Um, it's got politics, it's got religion, it's got lore, it's got, uh, action, it's got, it's got everything, like a little bit of everything. Um, I say the acting is incredible. Um, the effects and the music are phenomenal. First off, uh, Hans Zimmer did an incredible job this time. Oh yes, he did. Uh, I can see. It was so amazing. I can see why Chris Nolan might be upset that uh, Hans was off doing stuff because Hans was out making a masterpiece. Um, I just, this movie is like, I liked it a lot. I, I'm not sure if it's, I, I almost needs a second, a second rewatch just to fully grab. I, I read the book. You and I both read the book. Yes. And I'm just like, I need to watch it again just to fully grasp everything. Mm -hmm. But like, it's, it is exactly what I was hoping for. Like the scale is incredible. How I imagined it, like it's even better than I imagined. Just with like the the environments, especially Arrakis, the planet Dune. Um, I like, I like that the like uh, it was Stellan Skarsgård, right? Yes, it was Stellan. Stellan. It was the it was the dad. 
who was, yeah, Stellan Skarsgård is the villain, the Baron Harkonnen. And he, honestly, he adds so much more character to the villain than I had in my imagination reading the book. Um, that's just kind of my general overthoughts. Like, um, I like having a new face for Duncan Idaho mm-hmm. as as well as Gurney Halleck uh, for Josh Brolin. Um, I really like how, honestly, I think the movie just, I think I, I'll say this, like I re- I did, a, I think I did a lot of, Oh yeah. I remember that from when I read the book, watching this movie. Mm-hmm. Also, I think the sequence of events flow really nicely in the, because like a book, you have to do lots and lots of description everything else and where like with the movie it's just like boom 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 here it is because like no for sure i probably watched a movie uh i watched a sequence of events that probably took me two or three weeks to read in a book you know because i was just like i understand i feel that i'm not a very fast reader as some of you might have guessed uh i mean it's a big book don't get no no it's a thing i'm not a fast reader the thing is chance it's not even an easy read we're talking about this with our um buddy caleb who we watched it with um who he watched it with last night and he's like um you know spoil not spoilers but like this is part one of a part two story yes basically with this first film and caleb was like gosh well i have to read the book and we're like okay we won't see you for a couple months <laughs> yeah and so it's like one of those deals where it is just it's an insane feat to go ahead and um read the book some mm-hmm. like just because of the sheer like just the sheer like craziness Mm -hmm. that is that book and the sheer just amount of description and it's very detailed. Paul will be like looking at a rock and then it'll take a few pages to Mm -hmm. describe how he feels about this rock. And it's like one of those things where it's just, it's just really nuts. And I'm, and that didn't technically happen. Well, kind of, but it didn't technically happen, but that's just a example out of nowhere. Yeah. And, I was talking to my sister about this this morning because um, she gave me a call just out of the blue. Shout out to Danielle if you're listening. I love you. But anyways, um, I was talking to her about it and I was like, yeah, it's really cool because like the book went into deep detail on certain things Mm -hmm. and certain allegories and metaphors and all that kind of stuff. And I saw the visual representation of that but you just see it. You see it as opposed to them explaining the hell out of it. And Mm -hmm. I almost prefer the way the movie does it. Yeah. And that's so cool. Cause what I'm, I think you might know what I'm thinking about specifically. Yeah. I think I do too. Um, but, and we can get into that with spoilers, but damn, did they do a good job with that? Like, yes, they did. Like I thought that the visual representation of what this film is and what this and who these characters are was just so good does it go on is okay because the thing is is here's my deal about it though in a world where we have star wars and marvel and when star Mm -hmm. wars and marvel are um very expressive in nature yes and very animated in nature this Mm -hmm. is a little they hold the feelings a little closer to the chest. Yeah. And this is a this is very straight up sci-fi. Yes. This is very like I think that um like 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 basically the I think that Ridley I think Ridley Scott would watch this and really love yes, it. Yes, he by would. The way. Like especially like like just like with some of the vibes 
of scale that Prometheus yeah. had. Yeah, especially think, Prometheus. Yeah, like I definitely think that he would really like this. I think that, but the thing is, is that when you think about it, like if you watch um, Arrival, which is another one of Denis Villeneuve's, which by the way, Denis did such a good job with this freaking movie. Oh my yes. gosh. But um, basically, um, he really has a sense of scale that a lot of these that these slower running um, sci-fi movies have. But here's something that I will say, even though Blade Runner 2049 did not do that great at the box office and everything Mm -hmm. like that. I think that this is a more entertaining film than Blade Runner 2049. In my opinion, I really love Blade Runner 2049. Personally, I might give the edge to that movie as far as my enjoyment for it. But I think more and people will enjoy Dune than they enjoyed Blade Runner 2049, if that makes sense. Well, it has like the Timothy Timothy Chalamet uh, mass appeal to it. Just That's true. All the, all the ladies. And then all the dudes are after Zendaya who yeah. lost to Tom Holland. Not exactly. Do you know what's so funny? It's like I haven't seen as much hate for Tom Holland until he started dating her. That's, which is that's hilarious so isn't, it? isn't that funny because like it's like guys you schlubs you didn't have you didn't have a chance in the first place it's freaking zendaya <laughs> I, I saw a tweet where it's <laughs> like, like it should have been me not him me <laughs> it's like dude become an actor in hollywood do a ton of backflips and become spider-man <laughs> then you might have a chance and i doubt it our boy tom godspeed dude, our boy tom you he gotta have moves yeah he gotta have moves i right, come on yeah, like we thought Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone's relationship was the Spider-Man love interest goals. Mm-hmm. No, no, it it was Tom and Zendaya. For me, it's Kirsten and Toby. That's a complete joke. <laughs> <laughs> um, dude, you want to know? I stand by it. Uh, Kirsten, uh, Kirsten's, um, Kirsten Dunst's uh, MJ, mm-hmm. worst character in those movies. <laughs> And like this a isn't lot about of, you, it's not, about me. Not exactly. And the thing is, she's just a selfish person. She's a selfish person, and she like literally is like reveling and leaving this rant and this this man on the altar in the second one. And she's like, yeah, yes, let's go. I'm gonna. I'm about to ruin. I'm about to traumatize this man for life because i want freaking peter parker a man who i told multiple times to like kick rocks and everything like that and uh jj's son didn't deserve that. i don't know it's like yeah it's jj's son but at the same time he did not deserve that <laughs> but regardless of all that getting back to the duna things do you have anything else that you wanted to say because i think we'll like be non spoiler yeah i wanted because the thing is is that like um our thoughts are our spoiler free thoughts are we really liked it dune was really good chance and i are not good with non-spoiler things no because well, we, because, yeah. because the thing is through nature we're just it's just i don't know it's just like just really what do you, about if it. you want to talk about it you really have to talk about the meat of what this move of what this movie is but y'all need to check it out if you haven't read if you've read the book and you haven't seen the movie depending on what you want depending like on how sensitive you are to these kind of spoilers like say if you if a certain scene is omitted and that would be Mm -hmm. sensitive to you or something like that watch the movie first and if you've read the book honestly you're watching the movie first before you're seeing this this, yeah so but regardless of that if you don't care about those kind of things you can probably just 
stick around stick around for the spoilers and like we'll just be talking about dune spoilers for the book as well as the movie so with that said spoilers are gonna be in three two one go okay we gotta talk about that bull we gotta talk about the um, imagery of oh yeah of the bull and the matador and uh like Mm -hmm. that's like like that's the first example that i want to do yeah the brilliance of this film they focus on a lot yeah as far as the um as well as the visual because that's just like one example of the visual excellence of this mm-hmm. film because it takes a long drawn out and kind of I'm not going to say overplayed but kind of overplayed metaphor that they kept on pushing mm-hmm. through in the book into something that's just a subtle but poignant visual cue and it's a visual cue basically what we're talking about here is um the duke leto like duke leto who's like the father who's the father figure to paul for all those people who don't care about spoilers who are just kind of chilling here right um duke leto is the father of paul and he um basically like his dad like so paul's grandfather died in like a bull taming a bull yeah. yeah he died taming a bull and basically they have like a whole like kind of statue of it and they Mm -hmm. have the bull everywhere and they have it as a reminder basically everywhere it goes what it reminds me of is um chance close your ears for a slight spoiler for parasite i guess but it kind of reminds me of the rock in parasite it's like one of those things where you hold you hold it's almost like you're holding what's gonna hurt you close Mm -hmm. to the vest yeah and they're going to her and they're going to Arrakis, which basically is one big bull for them. Yeah. And that's just and like and that's like the first thing that popped out to me just to just to give you all really a notion on how I feel about this movie. It's just interesting the way that they made those choices where they um they like visually did that and then like Ah, gosh, I'm like, uh, I'm getting so scatterbrained on this. But the thing is, it's crazy because it's even the even the way they portray the voice in it was fantastic because like it's almost because the thing is, when they are talking about the voice, I assumed it was going to be like how they do it in Star Wars, where it's like, you know, just a little echoey. It's terrifying. No, it's It's like absolutely demonic. It's it's absolutely terrifying because you using a certain tone of your voice to assert your will against a person and cause them to do what you want is terrifying. Mm -hmm. So they made it terrifying. And I just think that those little touches and those little like little bits of world building that they made was just so fantastic. Yeah. And it was just such a good way to go these things. But regardless of all that, I think that I think it might benefit us for us to start and just let's just start a little bit chance for those uh, like just start with kind of like the characters and kind of how you feel about them. Okay. So I'll say the one I like probably one of the most is Lady Jessica. Mm -hmm. Uh, Rebecca Ferguson does a terrific job. She's fantastic. Um, You know, she's, she is the one who echoes the, the fears, the mind killer uh, the most. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll say 
Paul is really good too. Like I think I think a lot of the criticisms I've seen against the original Dune is like Paul's not the most interesting protagonist, but I think just the story around him, I think Tim knocks it out of the park. I um, think he made it his own and he did he made a lot of improvements to the character. Mm-hmm. Um I'll say <clears throat> that why can't I think of Jason Momoa's name and Duncan Idaho? Duncan, there yeah. we go. Mm-hmm. Um Jason Momoa, I, I think I I think his character was probably in like less than ten minutes of screen time, but he might be one of my favorites. I think it might have been a little bit more, but he was still in a decent amount. Like I think it might have been a little more than ten, but it still wasn't much more than that. <laughs> yeah, like I like these. I think the character relationships are one of the strongest parts of this movie because, like, oh yes, you can tell like that Duncan and Paul are like good friends. Like he's a clearly a mentor yeah. to this boy. Yeah, even with Thufor Thufor Hawat, you can tell that Paul really loves him yeah. and. Thufor does not get enough in this movie. No, hopefully I, I was he hoping get, he'd be in more. Hopefully he's going to get more in part two, um, if we get part two. But anyways, yeah. um, hopefully, because the thing is, it, I think that he he looks really like they did. I want them to go more into Mentats, but we can get we can get into that later. I was, did they even name drop they Mentats? Did not, they did not even name drop Mentat in throughout the entire movie. I don't I'm surprised so. they didn't do that. I'm surprised, too, because they they were definitely hinting at it, but I'm like... I, the thing is, is but you see if do for um, Dune Part Two, it's like we'll like I don't know because it's like hmm, like because it's like a part of me for the people who haven't who are still listening to this. I don't want to get too much into right. Dune Part Two, but Thufur has a lot of cool things to do in the in the yeah. next half of the and, um, movie. Yeah, and for those who don't know what Mentats are, they're basically human computers. Yes, because computers in the Dune world. Are not a thing. Yeah, they're not allowed to be a thing because at one point, I'm guessing, even though I've only read the book, um, read the first book, I'm guessing that it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, they made computers, AI, robots, not a good deal because they gained consciousness they, they, and they, they came somehow, alive. yeah, and they somehow eradicated said thing. So that's why you see everything very analog. You see, um, like very modern mm-hmm. looking. Actually, not even modern from our standards, but like it's almost like sticking a World War II interior on these like um like crazy helicopter thopter kind of deals. Yeah, like uh, yeah, the th- oh the thopters. The oh thopters look so cool. The thopters looked so dope. They're so cool. Like, but like, cause it, cause the um cool thing about those is that when you see all of the like creations, whether it's like the ships or like the spice miners they all look like something out of nature almost Mm -hmm. and it's just really really freaking cool and but like getting into like another character that i really enjoyed was oscar isaac's duke leto yes and it's just so cool because you get a really good sense of foreboding with him Mm -hmm. because it's like ah this guy he's a good you're so dead it's like he's a good man but He's a good man who's probably too good for the situation that he's in. You're you know going I mean? to be victimized. Exactly. And it's like one of those things where um, it's almost like kind of like that meme where it's like uh, like the like the Reverend Mother is telling them that they're like Lady Jessica's asking the Reverend Mother, hey, you're going to save my family. And then the Reverend Mother's like, yeah, he's like. But you're gonna save, uh, but you're gonna save uh, my husband, right? 
No, yeah, sure. Yeah. No, no, but you're gonna save my husband, right? Right. And then she's like, mm, no promises. <laughs> but um, but Oscar Isaac did a really great job, and he did a really great job of portraying the love that Duke um Leto had for his wife as well as for Paul. I would have liked to see a little more scenes with he and Jessica, in my opinion. Yeah. But I think that it's shown through very well, especially with Paul, because there's that like part when they're on Kaladin and he said like he's talking about how he grew up and he wanted to be a pilot and mm-hmm. he didn't necessarily want this life. But he said that his father told him that great men um, don't seek out to lead. It's something that kind of falls Just into their sort lap. Of happens. And then it's one of those things where um, and he's saying, but if you don't answer to call, you're my son and my son is enough. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of sad when you think about it, though, because he had that he had that um, support in his life, but he also has the Bene Gesserit running amok and causing a ton of things that as a Dune, as a reader of the books of Dune, honestly, I think what the Bene Gesserit did to Paul did more harm than help. Yeah. In my opinion. And I think that if his dad were around throughout his adulthood, stuff would have turned out a lot better for him. Yeah. It's just like, no son of mine's gonna be a witch yeah. or something like that. Yeah, no, and the thing is, because and and they, you know, he even brings that up to Lady Jessica. Is like, what's happened to him? Was like, what? like, what is his deal? Ever since he saw your Reverend Mother, he hasn't been the same. Exactly, and like the crazy thing is, is from before then, um, you like from the movie point of view, you don't even know that she even told him about that whole yeah. meeting that he had with the. Uh, deal because the thing is is like the reverend mother really could have just chilled out killed him and by the way the reverend mother head of a you know witch cult and <laughs> that uh was also a advisor to the emperor exactly. of the entire galaxy or whatever yeah and basically they um uh you know influence the the entire galaxy basically they're like the jedi except worse um <laughs> they're spooky jedi they even have a spooky jedi mind trick called mm-hmm. the voice exactly but um, getting into like another character that I thought was just so like interesting and so just just real good is like I know you talked about him a little bit, but like the Baron Harkonnen. Oh my the god, the Baron Harkonnen was just like because like you gave your little two cents, so I got to give my two cents. I'll go him. ahead. Oh goodness, the Baron Harkonnen was just so menacing in a way that I just like couldn't the way that I just can't describe how like freaking brilliant it was like Stellan Skarsgård really kicked it. Like he like knocked it out of the park and it's just nuts because he doesn't look human. Like he doesn't look human. The, the visual effects was so good. He's just a sniveling piece of crap. Like when he almost gets poisoned and you see him, like when you find out that he like levitates to this top Mm -hmm. and he's like gasping for air or when he's like about to, um, you know, spoilers, kill um, Duke Leto, and mm-hmm. he's just chomping, like eating mm-hmm. this like big, this, this big feast. meal, like just like a piece of shit, and mm-hmm. like like he's just a bad, he's just a blatantly bad person. And then how like Doctor Yue literally does all this stuff just mm-hmm. to get murdered, betrayed. just to get betrayed again, mm-hmm. and it's like one of those things where. Um, it's just crazy though, because like I, 
Like, I really wish they went in. Like, the thing is, the movie's long, and the movie would have had to have been a lot longer for them to go into it's these already, things. It was like, it was like it's, two and a half hours? Yeah, it was a little over two and a half hours. But it was like one of those things where it's like, um, Peter, uh, which, by the way, is underutilized in this movie, unfortunately. Yes. But um, Peter, so like um the baron harkonnen's uh mentat he like goes into how like hey maybe you can use dr Yue for something and he goes why would i do that why? i just had him betray his house he has no loyalty to me mm-hmm. he has loyalty to himself so even though he's a brash disgusting human being he's mm-hmm. also exceptionally smart and he understands the world that he's in, but he also understands the fact that he really wants to suck the world dry throughout his greed and everything mm-hmm. like that. This guy's like Donald Trump times 10. He's oh, freaking yeah. crazy. No, but, like, yeah, like, um, and like, you could almost say like, cause I feel like, and maybe that's a critique of the source material too, but like, I feel like the emperor, like, like uh, just kind of conferring with the Baron to take down House Atreides is such like a good political stakes in this it movie. Um, also about the Baron, like the just the visual, because like he uses like these hover technology to like move around because he's thick and he doesn't like to move around, so he uses it to fly. Um, that looked so well. Uh, just like it looked like he was doing it. It looked yeah, like he just like it, it looked just like natural. They cre- it looked like they created to te- the technology for him to do that. And he was just doing it. It was amazing. It, it was crazy. Um, also, another character I want to talk about is the Reverend Mother. Oh, yes. We've um, talked about her a lot, but I haven't explained her. Yeah. So basically, the Reverend Mother is the head of the is the Ben Jesuit. Mm-hmm. And she she's like the head witch. Um, she's almost like. If um, Professor McGonagall from Harry Potter was evil, mm-hmm. if that makes sense, yeah, Le- a whole hell of a lot less wholesome than Professor McGonagall. That's true, <laughs> but uh, evil is like wholesomeness mixed uh, <clears throat> replaced with evilness. Uh, she's just like like this wise, just menacing character. Uh, like she's like, oh hi, Paul. I hear your I heard your mom taught you some stuff about our whole witch cult. Mind if I test you out? And then uh, because almost kills Paul, almost kills him. It's like, this is Yom Yabber and you're going to die if you take your hand out of this box, little bitch. You, um, you don't pronounce it as Gom Jabbar? Gom Jabbar. Am I just dumb? I thought I thought, I thought she said Gom I thought she maybe she did Gom. say Gom Jabbar. I'm not sure. Though. It was kind of quiet. No, for sure. But basically, it's a poison needle. And if it sticks you, you die instantly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so she did that to like a 16 year old kid. <laughs> uh, so that's that's the type of people we're dealing with here and uh, she's like well you know what Jessica you taught your son your ways now I have to test if he's our messiah because mm-hmm. basically if you don't know uh, the Jesuits are trying to essentially make a being that can see through all of time and space simultaneously mm-hmm. and they're testing if it's Paul and that'll be I won't spoil that because that's probably a big part of part two but um, and then also her interaction with the the Baron was really cool too because like after she leaves, uh, cause it's a uh, Peter right is mm-hmm. his mentat. He's just like, um, didn't you tell the witch we weren't gonna kill her? 
uh, kill the uh, Lady Jessica and her son? Well, we're not going to kill them. We're just going to leave them out in the desert. <laughs> he's like to the, die. He's like in the desert's just going to do it. Because the thing is, is that for us. even the Baron is terrified of being in front of a truth sayer. Yeah. Because say he's in front of a truth sayer and he has to lie, he is dead. And so yep. it's like one of those things where um, he is so just, he's so, pr- he's so like, everything's for himself. He's so mm-hmm. just entrenched in self-preservation that he hoards money. He hoards the spice. Right. He hoards everything there. We haven't talked much about spice yet, but yeah, he, he um, even calls it my dune. Exactly. And so like, he, and like, it's just such a crazy, it's just so crazy seeing him compared to the heroes, but it's also crazy because of some stuff that I'm just not going to go into mm-hmm. on why his character is even more interesting. Um, and th- like, cause I could have sworn that they had certain revelations have happen in the first half of the book mm-hmm. that they just haven't touched on yet. Yeah. But like with that said, I'm not going to go too much into the second half of the book. Cause I don't no. really want to, Ruin like it. I don't really want to ruin it too much, so yeah. Uh, do you want to talk about like some of the visuals, real? Yeah, quick? I was about to. T- I was about to say, let's just talk. We should just talk about how the movie made us feel and kind of how the movie, how the atmosphere was for it, well, because these are just so wide sweeping visuals. Chance, what did you have to say about that? <clears throat> Sorry, my voice was starting. Oh right. no, you're fine. Uh, um, well, first off, like I, I can compare like the the spaceships. And like the space travel and like the I compare it to Rogue One, not necessarily Star Wars, but Rogue One. Like when you saw the size of the Death Star and like the Star Destroyers, because isn't the same cinematographer uh, as Rogue One? Yes, it is. Because um, I believe that's Roger Deakins. Uh, yeah. Like the, the ships, like that scene of the ship coming out of the water when they're about to leave. Oh, is yeah. So cool. So amazing. Like we saw this at Alamo and I was like eating french fries and i was just like almost choked on one because i was like oh my god <laughs> um oh no i'm I, I was lying it's not roger roger deakins oh well but give me a second because roger deakins is just an amazing cinematographer cinematographer but i will search go ahead and talk more oh. about it <laughs> yeah so like there's that and also like um because we haven't even touched on the sandworms yet mm-hmm. uh the sandworms come to life in this movie like they are incredible. Like I think the thing I was looking forward to the most in this movie was the scene of the, the spice miner getting attacked by the sandworm from the book. And guess the way it was described in the book is so good in the movie. Like um, just the, just like, I can't even, like, I, I, I sound generic when I say how epic the scale is, but like um, you, you see the worm coming and like the, the way the, the way the sand moves over and underneath it. Uh, it's like, it's like if the movie tremors was on steroids, if mm-hmm. you've ever seen tremors, uh, the one with Kevin Bacon. Um, no, for sure. It's, uh, that's probably on AMC cause it's, it's a kind of a horror, um, action movie, but, uh, well, not an action movie, just a horror suspense, but, um, no, the, the one with like the sand crawler and like the trying to get the, the spice miner up and rescuing him with like the, the thopters. Um, 
that whole sequence was so cool to me. Um, and it's also the first part where like, I guess this is kind of like the first instance where Paul gets mixed up with the spice, the spice that makes you trip balls and see the future. <laughs> yes. And, uh, yeah, by, by the way, it's Greg Fa- Frazier was Greg Frazier. Okay. Yep. Yeah, and he did rogue one. Um, he's also doing the Batman. Oh, that's going to be so and sick. And so like the guy, the guy is really on a hot streak. Cause that new trailer. Oh shoot. We, we haven't even talked about DC we, fandom. We, we haven't even talked Down. about it. Yeah. I, I knew there was a weird thing that I was forgetting when we were talking about it. We can but talk yeah, about that later. Basically in the second half of the, in the second half of the podcast, everybody, we're going to be talking about Eternals reactions. We're going to be talking about DC fandom as well. But anyways, um, <laughs> moving on, but it, moving on. Gosh. Uh, one thing in particular that I saw with the cinematography was the ship in the beginning mm-hmm. going in when they're about to introduce Duncan's character. And oh it, yeah, and like like when they're kind of going through there, and then he has this little com- this really sweet conversation with um Paul and everything like mm-hmm. that, and it's just I don't know. This movie is just. It has the attention to detail and it has the scale that I want somebody to make into a Star Wars movie. Yes. You know what I mean? Because like I want people to like Star Wars is great, but I think people are looking backwards a little too much with it. You know what I mean? As opposed Mm -hmm. to looking forwards um, with how they're making these movies. And like I really like want to see that kind of sense of scale. And Rogue One does it a little bit, partly because Greg Frazier is very, very mm-hmm. brilliant in the way he shoots movies. Granted, I didn't think that movie was quite brilliant, but I just like it's, the last 20 minutes are incredible. Yeah, the last yeah, the last 20 minutes of that movie is a banger. But uh with that, whereas uh Tobias from Arrested Devo- Developments would say, it's a banger in the mouth. <laughs> A sausage in the mouth. That's oh that's not God. what Americans say. <laughs> anyway. Nope. <laughs> but uh, it's uh, sorry about that Arrested Development um, reference. If you have not seen the show, oh, you're but fine. Uh, it is like I like the sh- like what I loved was like the vehicles and seeing how big they were because they would show mm-hmm. us a vehicle and then they would have them run towards something else and then a few scenes later you would see how big the sandworms are and then they're just like constantly greg and company were showing the audience how big these things really are they're like and it was monolithic. just extremely well done the way they did it so like if you thought yeah. the rancor in star wars was a big animal holy shit and i had a uh, like uh star wars explained was um doing a little video about dune mm-hmm. and he said that the sands like the like the sand dragons mm-hmm. in mandalorian season two are like a closer representation oh yeah to like like because they never really were sandworms yeah and because people were like oh yeah sarlacc pits but he's like no, no star wars didn't really have anything like that until they talked about like the sand dragons or anything like that if a sarlacc pit could move maybe yeah exactly but yeah it was just ugh, like the scale and plus everything looked so real like yeah it looked like the like worm it, sign you know like it's like is that a worm over there and it's like this giant plume of sand just chugging through the desert and it looks so good um also the fact that like the 
I don't know, I want to say like the teeth of the worm mm-hmm. look very, they do kind of remind me of the Sarlacc pit a bit, but mm-hmm. like there's, I've, I've seen a couple like, like illustrations of the worm and some have it have like kind of like three big like little flaps that are like its mouth and mm-hmm. like so they're they're all different representations but i really like the one in the movie i think the one in the movie is my favorite yeah it's incredible mm-hmm. um just the fact that like you know they can like come up from underneath and swallow things whole and like uh just the way from the book where it's just like yeah they recognize pattern movement so like they'll they'll come anything like they'll come after any like pattern like rhythmic pattern that they hear like hitting the sand mm-hmm. and like that was cool. Cause like they had the thumper where like the thumper just like, the boom, the boom, the boom, boom. and like, I'm like, Oh God, this is so cool. Like, I feel like I just like, and I feel like I was so rewarded for reading the book. Uh-huh. Like, even though I didn't need to, I felt so rewarded reading the, from after reading the book. Um, just because, like, I felt like, oh, man, this is a gift for this is for us. You yeah, know? exactly. No, exactly. That's one thing that you can just tell. You can tell Denis loves this. You can tell the cast loves this material. You could tell Hans Zimmer even loves the material with the way that he did mm-hmm. the score. Because, oh, my God, the music just feels like Dune to me. And it feels like something so otherworldly. Especially that, so, that singing part. That ends the... the That's crazy. And I think that there's going to be more... Since there's going to be more Fremen action, I Mm -hmm. think we're going to even get more of that kind of score. Yeah. And, like, that Dune theme Mm -hmm. is already so iconic to me. The whole, like, boom, dun, 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 boom, 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 boom. Yeah. And it's like, oh, my gosh. And then, like, Chani turning to Paul at at the end saying um saying this is just the beginning and you're mm. like oh yes it is i know I, like i knew the movie was about to end when she said that i was uh-huh. just like this is the beginning. I'm like, oh man that means the movie's over <laughs> <laughs> i did not want it to end i would have watched a four or five hour um <laughs> version of this movie i'm sure there's gonna be but, a cut out there when like uh, the second one hopefully gets released for sure and that's a crime against humanity that this movie did not get approved to make two parts all at once how dare they? Hey, according to IMDb, which is not to be trusted. No. Um, the second one's in production, according to it. But that's not to be trusted, right. technically. But I'm sure Variety or The Hollywood Reporter will come out with it in a couple of weeks, maybe. And we mentioned this a little bit um, about how, like, the Spice Melange can uh, cause, you know, Paul you or anybody see else. Things? To oh, we didn't even things. mention any of that. Yeah, like, because basically, well, we mentioned it. We a little bit. Like, little yeah, bit. but basically the Spice Melange. It's kind of how it's kind of what they harvest in this mm-hmm. world. And Dune is or Arrakis is the only planet that has it. Mm-hmm. So that's the reason why it's so important for them to do this in the fir- to be there in the first place. But basically, the crazy thing about um, all of this is Paul seeing all these visions and he's seeing all these. And I think the film did a great job of doing this. And I would love to pick the brain I'm going to I actually am going to talk to Caleb about this. Um, see if we can talk to I'm going to see if I can talk to him about this because he hasn't read the book. Right. Um, I want to see if they portrayed this well. But I was thinking to myself as a person who ha- if, if I hadn't read the books, I think they would have done the good job of this. They good. They did a great job of showing everything Paul sees. There are things that are definite and there are things that are mm-hmm. not. Right. There is a timeline where um 
Jameis, the Fremen Jameis, mm-hmm. um, was his friend. Yeah. And didn't, you know, challenge him in combat and was his guide throughout mm-hmm. the desert. Yeah. But the timeline we're in, he, um, you know, fights Jameis and unfor- or like Jameis acts to fight him. And unfortunately, Paul has to kill him. Mm-hmm. And it adds so much gravity to the term I was a friend of Jameis, which first of all, I mm-hmm. kind of wish they kind of had that scene yeah, me in, too. The, in the in the movie. But in the book, um, Paul says, I'm a friend of Jameis. And like everybody's kind of like, what? But uh-huh. that, but it's almost like that whole scene, though, mm-hmm. was subtly s- adding context to that whole thing. Because mm-hmm. in a way, Paul is beginning his journey as he's living through space and time mm-hmm, like and like it's because paul may or may not get to the point where he can't decipher or where yeah. he deciphers so much yeah that everything's very like, just yeah. pinpointed like he is he can see things that may or may not be like he sees the future he sees what could happen you know what might happen you know it's very it's almost it's very pre cognition mm-hmm. stuff like that mm-hmm. like it's very that's what the spice does to him yeah exactly. specifically and then it's like one of the crazy things though is that like they even show a really crazy part of dune part two yes they show a beginning of an action sequence from dune part two mm-hmm. like i know for a fact we're going to see that part we're going to see literally yeah. that scene, but we're going to see the scene, the entire scene yeah. happen in Dune Part Two, and it's crazy because our buddy Caleb, like our mm-hmm. resident non-Dune reader, was right. like, "Oh my gosh, this is crazy! I want to see this." And then he like, <laughs> the thing is, he was like, "No, he's like, I know how stories work, and if it's still around here, it's not going to finish where I want it mm-hmm. to be because he just wanted the rest of it. I want it and, now, damn it!" And honestly, like, like honestly, just from me talking to a couple of people, and you know, maybe I was talking to the right people. Like, I talked to my sister who knows nothing about Dune, and mm-hmm. she was even saying, "Yeah, I've been hearing about Dune a lot the past like couple of years, and mm-hmm. I was wanting to watch it." And, you know, now, like, it's coming out. And she's like, what? They haven't made a second? They're not producing the second part? They need to do that. And I go, yeah, watch it in theaters and watch it on HBO Max. But, watch um, it as much as you can. Put it in I, your- said, well, I said, yeah, put it on repeat. Put but, it all up on your phone and put your phone in your pocket. <laughs> but, um, and, like, I think that this movie is genuinely going to resonate with people um who haven't read the book and the thing is it's going to resonate with the right people albeit if you are like yeah um i like my movies to be exactly like let's see say the force awakens Mm -hmm. popcorn fun let's get into it maybe not for you maybe not for you exactly i was like that's movies definitely not for you and when i was watching it i was like this movie isn't a lot for poop isn't for a lot of people but hell is it for a decent amount of people? Yeah. Like, I think that a lot of people who really enjoy um, deep contemplative stuff can get a lot about this movie. But I also think a lot of people who like a lot of action can get a lot about this too, because this movie, if you really think about it, the beginning is a big slow burn. Yeah. And then once it's going, it is going, 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 going. Once they get to Arrakis, 
it gets a lot better. It's on. And I don't even want to say it's better. Like, I well, like it's the Caladan like, scenes. Well, it's just necessary. The Caladan scenes no, are necessary. Sure. They are. Especially like, for the world building and everything there for you. Yeah, just because, well, like, Caladan's mm-hmm. like a world of land and water. So it's like, it's a very nice contrast to Arrakis where mm-hmm. it's just like desert, shield wall. And like, oh, and also, I know this is very simple because it's a desert planet, you know. Just the way that sand is like stacked up in corners and blown into places looks so authentic to me for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Like something like Tatooine, like even in the movies, like didn't seem very like don't get me wrong, it's deserty, but it just didn't it seemed Tatooine like this seems even grimier than Tatooine was. Uh just with like the amount of like sand that gets everywhere. It's like, yeah, he's like, look, it's gonna get too hot. Like, no one ever mentions the heat on Tatooine, like, because there, there's two suns on Tatooine, but no one's just like, uh, but in Dune, they're just like, look, uh, Duke, we got to close the doors. It's getting hot out. We got to nah, close the doors. Exactly. It's like, there is no way of us surviving at this point. Yeah. It's just like, listen, kid, you need to go inside or else you're going to die. <laughs> and like, another thing that's cool is just how we truly haven't seen a lot of stuff that was on screen, mm-hmm. like the way this movie portrayed it, like the shields. Yeah. Like that's such a unique way to visualize mm-hmm. them because before I saw any previews for it or anything like that, I had a rough time thinking of how they were going to visually um, represent this shield from the sound design to the visuals of it. It's absolutely perfect. Yeah. And like the way like you have to hurt someone that's wearing a shield where you like, you have to like, I won't say like you have to like be very di- like um very uh what's the word I'm looking for deliberate deliberate in your it has movements. to be it has to be a slow it's almost like it has to be a slow move because yeah, movement because if you noticed the um defense mm-hmm. is quick yes offense is always slow, slow and that lends itself to fight sequences that are super unique to mm-hmm. anything that you've seen already. It's like to and like so it's very interesting. It's like to get you that it. shield, you have to like burrow into it exactly to kill someone. Mm-hmm. And uh the way like you see this most with like Duncan Idaho because like, Yeah, it's it so good. Well like <laughs> should we spoil the one part with Duncan Idaho? Yeah, sure. Okay, so Duncan Idaho unfortunately like I knew this because I read the book, obviously. Mm-hmm. But Duncan Idaho dies but, but does he? But does he? He but. kills a bunch of people while doing it. And there's like one scene where like, so they're trying to, so Duncan is protecting Paul and Lady Jessica. They're trying to get out to, they're trying to escape because this is basically, I feel like we haven't even touched that much on the story. Basically, mm-hmm. um, yeah, we really, yeah, we really House haven't. Atreides <laughs> is put in charge of planet Arrakis, Dune. And because the emperor is like, sorry, Harkonnens, uh, you got to go now. Uh, it's the Atreides family time to rule Dune, even though you've been ruling this place for 80 years and then all the Harkonnens leave and the Atreides come in and like basically the Harkonnens and the Emperor kind of collaborated to take out Atreides because then back come in the Harkonnens with the Sardaukar, which is the Emperor's death legions essentially, and they kill all their soldiers. They, uh, assass- they well, you know, they kill the Duke, mm-hmm. uh, through um dr ua mm-hmm. betraying them uh and essentially that's what it is and like now lady jessica and paul are on the run into the desert and duncan idaho saves them by taking out like 20 dudes mm-hmm. all on his own 
uh, 20 like death squad dudes. Like, mm-hmm. and, um, just the way, like the way the shields, like you have to burrow a blade into someone's shield to able to kill them. And I think like for whatever, like the shields glow red when it's like a death blow or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, also the, the one shot where like, they think they killed Duncan Idaho mm-hmm. and like, they hate, they're trying to break through the wall that he locks and like you just see him like he has a blade in his chest he just rises up and like rips it out and starts stabbing people again i was just like holy Dude, shit it was like if there's one thing about duncan you know he loves he loves the house that he belongs to mm-hmm. and he loves paul he loves um he loves the lady jessica he loved duke leto all of those things like it's just that he he had such a deep devotion. He and Gurney really have such a mm-hmm. deep devotion to House Atreides that it really was commendable. And yeah, you are kind of right. We kind of got so excited that we went. We, went, all, we, we didn't went, even talk about the story. We, we, we didn't talk about the story. The story is very good in this movie. Basically, and basically it's political, like, it's betrayal, it's religious. Yeah. <laughs> like the, so like, you know, Lady Jessica is part of a, like, you know, the, the, Bene Gesserit. Bene Gesserit. There's a lot of very hard to pronounce things there in, this, is. in this universe, by the mm-hmm. way. Um, the Bene Gesserit are this group of witches that is uh, that Lady Jessica belongs to. They're trying to take over the world. It's, well, not take over. They just they like they influence things. They're like a shadow organization. Mm-hmm. They're trying to find a quitsat satarat. Yeah, <laughs> God, I, I don't even want to try to pronounce that. No, yeah, it, it, it takes it takes a few tries. But, but uh, yeah, yeah. So like, there's that. There's like it's like like I said. There's so many little threads in this that like it felt like like I said. There's it's felt very rewarding as someone who read the book. It's like oh, I remember that thread, and I remember this part, and I remember like you know the relationships uh, and everything else. Um, no, but this movie's so good, and uh, I will say, um, I think they did chose a pretty good stopping point for this half of the movie. Just I because, think they did too. Like maybe people who wanted to see a lot of Zendaya were is it Zendaya or Zendaya? I'm not sure, but it's a lot. Zendaya, but like you don't see her as much as you might think. Uh huh. But she's there in the end, mm-hmm. and like for the little like she'll be way more in part two. Because she's very important in the second half of the book, but um, I don't know. And here's another thing too: I'm not gonna try. Like you can have whatever opinion you mm-hmm. like about a movie, but I think a lot of the reviewers really were making this sound a lot worse. They made it sound like the movie ended and there was no definite end to the movie. You know what I mean? Because there is an there is an end to the movie, but. There is very obviously okay. a part two. If you're smart, like, it says part one in the movie. Exactly. Like, well, the title drop. That's true. But it also feels, it very much feels like the end of the two towers. For exactly. Me. That's kind of how it feels for me. Where like, We'll see you, you next time. Exactly. Where it feels a little ugly that it's ending right now and it's sad, but there's another part to this. Yes. Like, but it's, I don't know. It's just like a really like, interesting. People are smarter than that. They're just yeah. being facetious. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, like, I don't know. It's just like, I like this, the plot of this movie is very well done. And the thing is they really keep the bones of the book to yes, a T. They, mm-hmm. they really do. They just kind of, they choose to cut certain things and they choose 
to recontextualize different parts of it and like you know sure they cut a lot of the political intrigue yeah like for instance there's a whole plot in the book where they're concerned that lady jessica is the traitor yes and in this one they don't even know a traitor yeah, they don't even know they, they don't even know a traitor is there um but which they probably should have um <laughs> figured after the whole like Paul almost dying in the beginning, but it's, yeah. it, it is what it is. But um, regardless of all of that, they, um, gosh, uh, there's like a lot of, there's a lot of really deep stuff that happens. And there's stuff that I, there is stuff that I prefer about the book's story mm-hmm. and how they did things, but there's stuff that I prefer in the film ab- adaptation. Yeah. But at the same time, the film adaptation does what's best for the movie and the book does what's best for the book. Right. So that's where, you know, that's as somebody who's read something, that's the way you have to kind of think of it. Or that's the really the way that you have to like consume your media right. as far as like the books go and everything like that. Like, I don't know. It, Dune is just a special movie and I am so excited for yeah. all of you guys to see it. And please by all means, see this movie. See it on the biggest screen you can see possible. Yeah. Um. Like I said, I was talking to my sister earlier today, and she goes, "Yeah, I heard it's on HBO Max." And I go, "Yeah." No. And I go, "Yeah." Um. Like I say, "Hey, it's a really cool movie. You should watch it in theaters." Yeah. If you're comfortable with it. And then, um, like you know, you can watch it on HBO Max sometime yeah. too. I'm like, it's really good. Right. And I will admit, it's a lot. It is. It's a lot. <laughs> it is definitely a lot. Like, there's no, you know, like, I hate to say this, but, like, like the, the title crawl in Star Wars helps a lot with context. It does. And if this one had a title crawl, I think a lot of people would understand a lot thing, a lot more of the things that were going on. Because, like, like in the book, it just throws you in. It's just like, yeah, all right. Yeah, we're talking about the even before the Even before the little, like, scroll of, um, you know studios that worked on this movie Mm -hmm. a little bit of the movie started yeah where it was like dreams are the Mm -hmm. um you know pathways to the future or Mm -hmm. whatever yeah and that's crazy gosh i still can't get over that whole that beginning scene i'm hard-pressed to find a character introduction scene that sets up um a connection that two characters have better than that first scene with duncan Mm -hmm. and paul yeah and it's almost like the smart little brother <laughs> trying to warn mm-hmm. the, you know, rogue jock older brother right. about something and trying to talk Be to careful. them because there's a little bit of miscommunication there, but there's also like a lot of love mm-hmm. in between those two. And I really just, gosh, I, Denis Villeneuve, he does well with characters in his movies. Don't get me wrong, but sometimes his characters can feel a little cold and at times they do in this right but i think he's getting a lot better and i think yeah. he's learning from some of the criticisms he's had in some of his other movies to make his characters acclimate to each other better right. and feel more warm so yeah yeah like other than that i don't know do you have anything like i feel like we've said a lot already yeah it's like we said a lot about dune i'm um, i was like i was thinking that you know maybe we can die down the dune talk and put it away for now the yes dune talk and then put it back in its case but you know by the way the dune tiktok page liked one of my 
on comments on their videos. I said, I'm so glad that I'm on Dune Talk. <laughs> and then they replied to me. Uh, and they said they said uh, something like greatness awaits or something like really Aww. something very Benny Gesserit. Yeah. Um, but it was very nice. But with that said, um, let's go ahead and you want to let's leave the DC fandom for the last for the thing last we thing? and then let's go ahead okay. and talk about the Eternals first. Okay. Speaking of which, a little nice segue nice. is that um, Chloe Zhao who is the director of the Eternals mm-hmm. was talking about how she watched Dune and it gave her ideas on how to shoot things for Eternals. Wow. Um, Cause she saw like a really early cut of Dune. She and Denier, she and Denier are good friends. She probably saw it back in like June of 2020 or something. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is like she was, well, she was talking about how, like she saw, well, she saw some rough stuff of it. Like she saw some of the dailies and mm-hmm. she saw like different things like that for it, I believe. And she was talking about how it inspired. Cause first of all, Denise said, Hey, and the thing is, this makes a ton of sense after you've watched Dune. He said, Hey, first off, he goes, rewatch Interstellar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if, if you want, cause oh, she was, yeah. cause she was struggling with scale. That's right. what she was saying. And so she's talking about how she has it in regular, um whatever um aspect ratio what regular aspect ratio um when it's like on Thena, for example mm-hmm. and then he shifts over and goes into IMAX mm-hmm. when uh he she's ta- whatever when it flashes over to the celestial talking to her mm-hmm. and i'm like that is absolutely brilliant that, awesome. and i'm really excited to see like what she is going to be doing with Eternals and some people who have been lucky enough to see Eternals is, you know, they, they're, they're talking about it because, mm-hmm. you know, there's press screenings going on as well as the premiere that happened this last Monday. Right. So without further ado, let's get into some of these reactions. And this list was curated by Entertainment Le- Weekly. So thank you, Entertainment Weekly, for not spoiling Eternals. Anyways. Appreciate um, uh Chloe, okay, this is from Tim Leong. He says, Chloe Zhao's Eternals feels different than any other Marvel film so far. It's epic in scope, bursting with emotion, features so many beautiful images, and is full of breathtaking imagery. And then... We have uh, Chanel Berlin saying Eternals really surprised me in ways. It delighted me and it also made me tear up at one point uh, at, at one point. So get ready to go through a variety of feelings and a variety of spoilers, according to Variety. Anyways, um, <laughs> they, they're not going to live this down for all of you who don't know some Two, uh, two jackasses who work for the best film publication in the freaking country decided mm-hmm. to spoil the movie after they saw the review or after they saw the after they saw the premiere mm-hmm. assholes anyways um like seriously a variety higher chance than i yeah if you're gonna have a ton of blowhards working for you I'm like not that good at writing it's absolutely but I can try. ridiculous <laughs> Anyways, um, and then the credits, sig- the credits signal for some very excited, exciting Marvel um, adventures ahead. And then um, I cannot pronounce this person's name, but it says just got out of Eternals. I've never been invested in or I've never been invested 
in a story or been more invested or so invested in a story. It was cinematically beautiful. I was engaged the entire time. There's a lot of there's a lot to ingest, but also they do such a great job to process it all. This feels different from the MCU, like it's its own universe. I loved it. Eric Davis uh, said Marvel's Eternals is spectacularly weird with rich with new MCU mythology that makes it separate from everything else, which is what I'm loving when I'm hearing Mm -hmm. from these. Um, It's honestly refreshing. There's a bittersweetness to the film that will make you feel in its sunset shots, a definite Chloe Zhao touch. It is soulful and thoughtful, which is just Mm -hmm. You're hard pressed to like see people talk about a Marvel film this way. Yeah. I don't know the last time anybody says a Marvel film was thoughtful, you know. And like, I'm not you saying that Marvel, I. and I'm not saying Marvel films aren't thoughtful, but you it's know, it's just not the first adjective people. Yeah, pull it, out of the it box. really isn't. And then the last one that I'm going to go is for um, Brian David's is um, the last reaction is Eternals is perhaps the most ambitious Marvel movie ever made, but it's the highest compliment I can pay it because it's not a Marvel movie. It's a Chloe Zhao movie. And that makes me happy because I love I'm you know me. I've Mm -hmm. been at the top of the mountain hills screaming, screaming her name, screaming her name because she's a fantastic filmmaker. Yeah, she's absolutely incredible. And so it's like one of those things where, yeah, these reactions are just so damn good. Chance, what do you think? Well, it makes me think, though, okay, so, like, I feel like, because they keep talking about how, how like, emotional it is, like, how that makes them feel. And I think <clears throat> that we're going to get really attached to these characters in a very short amount of time, kind mm-hmm. of in a way. Well, the thing is, the movie is an hour and, like, 30-something minutes, or two hours and 30-something minutes. Okay, so we're going to, like, we're going to be attached to these characters, I feel. Yeah. Very quickly. Um, like, I think this might be a similar chord to where, like, uh, maybe not necessarily level misfits like Guardians of the Galaxy, but just kind of, like, relatable. In no, a way. like, probably like a family. Family dynamic. Mm-hmm. Like, um, like, this could be, I don't know, almost like a, not Incredibles, but what am I trying to think of? Like, I, almost like an emotional getting the band back together kind no, of thing. No, for sure. Like, um just sort of like it kind of touches your heart because you know like from what i from what i know about the movie's plot like you know the eternals aren't together and they haven't been for like a thousands of years uh-huh. i believe and you know you know like i think you know you know um just kind of like drifting away and splitting up is kind of like friends and family is kind of like a natural part of life and you know sometimes one that's hard to accept and you know and i think i you know, that's me. That's I'm reaching, obviously, but I think that might be what it's about. Oh, for sure. Like, you know, because, uh, you know, we all know what it's like when you see an old friend. No, you know, exactly. it's like, it's like, oh, man, how you been? You know, you know, miss you and everything else. And it's kind of like it's always a little bittersweet. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because especially when that person doesn't necessarily um, mean as much to you. Yeah, like it's not or quite the same. if it's like something where like you're having to find yourself reacclimate yourself to a mm-hmm. person. Yeah. Even though a lot in both of y'all's lives have changed. Mm-hmm. It's definitely, that's definitely something to take note of, you know what I yeah. mean? And so it's very, it's a very interesting kind of deal. Yeah. Cause so. it's like, that's, that's kind of the vibe I kind of get. Like this is, yeah, obviously it's a guess from me, but 
just kind of these reviews is just like, you know, like this obviously touched some people in a way that they weren't expecting. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, like obviously, you know, like, uh, like, I'll use this example. Like, you know, a lot of people don't like Ant-Man and the Wasp, you know, for, you know, a second Ant-Man movie, but like, you know, me as a kid, as a child, like of a, you know, child of divorce, mm-hmm. it really speaks to me just because that's kind of what I went through as a kid. Uh-huh. And, you know, like, you know, what, um, Scott Lang goes through trying to see his kid, you know, I was like, you know, I, you know, I can relate that back to the way my dad was uh-huh. when at first. So, you know, like, and like, if this kind of, if it has this kind of like mass of, emotional appeal to all these critics uh-huh then i think we're in for a treat you know no for sure and then some of the more negative i kind of wish that the ew article had more negative kind mm-hmm. of stuff just so you could get the wider the gamut of fields it. but some of the more negative ones is that they f- feel like the film is taking on a little too much for its okay. runtime so they said it's very ambitious but it's like the movie's around it's the longest marvel movie so far um, like longer longest solo it's movie? longer yeah it is nope it is longer than endgame are you kidding me it is longer than endgame oh my god yes because it is two hours and 37 minutes and then endgame I thought, is, end, I thought endgame clocked in at three hours um well endgame's next oh okay never mind because the thing is i thought endgame's post credit like where they added all that kind of stuff okay was where it got to three hours because i thought it was like three hours and 12 minutes total yeah because credits. Te- but you know regardless of it all it's still probably, a long movie it's still still a long ass movie but um it's probably the longest solo outing then yeah but uh regardless of all that or it is it's um lar- um longest solo outing but basically right. like regardless of it all it's uh maybe it bites off a little more than it can chew mm-hmm. and i have heard from some people saying that they don't really get people who are emotionally invested into it um that they right. weren't as emotionally invested into the characters which you know could be a thing cuz there are a lot of eternals in it yeah. and so you know that may or may not be an issue with the movie mm-hmm. but i still wanted to give credit to those people uh so like it is there is still kind of a mixed reaction right. as far as the film so i just didn't want to make it seem like it was seems all like sunshine unanimously and positive but at the same time uh if anything one thing that everybody is saying is that whether they really enjoyed it or not it is unlike anything they've ever seen in the mcu and uh a way that i have seen somebody and i think they probably shouldn't have said this because this is definitely review territory Mm -hmm. and because the review embargo has not lifted but the reaction embargo has Mm -hmm. this is definitely review worthy with this thing that a certain person said but um he said that this movie is like prometheus except it's from it's told from the engineer's points of view that's oh that's kind of cool and that sounds absolutely fantastic awesome that sounds like a story that i want to see like nothing more than that quote made me be like what i'm there first day (laughs) (laughs) want to have another want to have another alamo date yeah let's do it asia asia wants to see it too so we'll have so she caught up so the thing is she needs to watch endgame still and i'm like we're gonna have to watch endgame we're gonna have a little talk we're gonna be like hey i'll talk you and i i'm gonna be like hey baby you need to talk we need to watch endgame 
because Chance and I have a little thing called the podcast. We need to mm-hmm. get this stuff out in a timely manner. Timely fashion. Thank you very much, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, babe. If you're listening, you're probably so annoyed. Anyways. Has she um, seen uh, Shang-Chi yet? Uh, no, she hasn't seen Shang-Chi, Shang-Chi yet. Shang-Chi is so damn good. Yes, it is. Gosh, this... They're on a who good... knew that this year of Marvel would be so damn good? <laughs> who would have thought Black Widow would have been the weakest one? I would. That that's true. <laughs> I you guys go through go through the podcast the past couple yeah, of years. See our Black Widow review. I have never been. Uh, yeah, we're just a couple of sexists. <laughs> yeah, we 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 hate women. We love the patri- patriarchy. We love you. No, just kidding, guys. We're not the quartering. <laughs> God, fuck that guy. <laughs> like seriously, dude. He sees a woman on screen and he's like, "I'm threatened. Rich. I'm threatened." Did you hear about that whole, um, this is, <laughs> gosh, I need to keep my mouth shut because I'm, I'd be thinking about stuff that I've constantly, I'm like, eh, you know, maybe I should edit out of the podcast. Maybe I should, maybe I should leave out. <laughs> yeah. Maybe like if you, uh, if chance, if you listen to the last podcast, you know, there's a big section that I just yeeted yes, out. Yes. I, I did listen to it. <laughs> there's a big section I just yeeted out because I'm like, it was just very unnecessary. Yeah. And it was one of my stupid, it was one of my more stupid tangents. Yes, it was. Anyways. <laughs> But I loved it anyway. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate you. But um, like with that said, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, basically, apparently, like the quartering just like, <sighs> OK, I'm not going to go into it. I-, I thought I wanted to go into it, but let OK, maybe next. Time. If you guys haven't if you guys haven't heard of the quartering, basically, he's this man who has a who basically gets a YouTube fo- following because he hates women and he sucks so um if you ever see his videos show up on his thing um click the video and then press dislike anyways um and go on to do not recommend yeah go on to do not recommend exactly so um regardless of all that gosh eternals looks damn good was there anything else you wanted to say about the reactions or anything like that? Uh, another that i just kind of i this isn't exactly the reactions specifically but i think i like a lot of people have been dogging on eternals and saying it looks bad on my like mutual twitter feed a lot lately and i don't like, understand why i don't get it like you I, haven't seen the like i know i know there's some marvel fatigue and maybe you're tired of everyone talking about it but like so like just see the movie first don't yeah you know? exactly because i think because i have a feeling that this is going to be dis- divisive with the fandom just because it's not going to be like most Marvel movies. Right. But then the thing is another Marvel movie is going to come out and it's going to be very similar to other Marvel movies. And mm-hmm. then they're going to turn around and talk about how samey it is. So there's yeah. no pleasing. It. There's no. Yeah. Like, I mean, like I think the only divisive Marvel movie is like Iron Man three. Yeah. That's the only one I see people actually split on. And it's kind of crazy because I used to be a big Iron Man three hater. And then I, uh, I don't want to be mean to people who, dislike iron man 3 but i kind of grew up and realized that the mandarin wouldn't have been that great of a villain for it anyways no aldrich killian by all means was not a great i think it's just that aldrich killian was so stupid yeah yeah aldrich Aldrich killian was not a good villain but that mandarin twist is actually a really good one and it's a really funny one and it is unapologetically shane black and it's (laughs) so funny and shang chi (laughs) like yeah it added so much to shang chi but you know with that with that said eternals looks very good i'm i myself i'm excited to yep hey guys will 
guys and gals will have the video we'll, we'll have the oops talking about future stuff here but no we'll have Easy the, we'll have the podcast up there soon for you and we'll be able to post that and yeah, yeah so it's gonna be november soon yeah it is gonna be november soon so in a couple of weeks here because you know we're probably gonna try to get our thursday show now thursday show on for that like see it on thursday see it on thursday the because it's the sixth or the fifth yes but like yeah we'll probably try to see it see it on that day and then so yeah yeah but other than that do you want to talk um is there anything else you want to like mention before we do dc fandom dome is it dumb or dome what's that is it dc fan dumb or vc fan dome i think it's dc fan dome okay because i'm less like because like fandom is spelled without an e i believe so I, I think you're right. It's fandom, but I don't know for whatever reason that just like comes across as awkward to me. But uh, I don't know. Do we want to talk about, or do we want to mention the uh, Alec Baldwin situation real quick? Yeah. Um, for those who don't know, uh, there was an accident in was it New Mexico? Uh, the film set of Alex Bald Alec Baldwin's new western called Rust. Um, yeah. Well, uh, did you want to talk about, so you wanted to talk about DC fandom first, or do you want to talk about that? We'll talk about this real quick, and then okay. we'll end with fandom. No, okay, for Don't. sure. Okay, so we're just ending on like a little um, positive or yeah, of a note. More positive yeah, positive note. But yeah, yeah, continue on, Chance. Uh, so basically there was a, basically there was a gun that was, I'm assuming, aimed at a camera, and uh, it was, I'm assuming shooting a blank, but there was some residue or something left inside the barrel of the gun that Alec was using. And it um, basically it was a projectile and it ended up fatally wounding the, the uh, cinematographer and hitting the director of the film. Mm -hmm. um, I should probably give her your name. Just, you know, no, out yeah. of respect. It's Helena. Oh, yes. Yeah, Helena. She's from the Ukraine, you know, mm -hmm. uh, just, you know, an awful situation that, you know, uh, you know, yeah, sometimes you just accidents happen and, you know, it's really kind of a shame all around, you know, shame for the family and shame for Alec. Mm -hmm. You know, I just thought we would touch on it just because, you know, it's the news of movies and, you know, no, it, for sure. And you know, sometimes the news of movies is not all that happy. Sad. Yeah. But yeah, it's Helena, it's Helena Hutchins, I believe is her, <laughs> is how you pronounce her name. Yeah. And she is just, you know, she was an up and coming um, cinematographer. A mm -hmm. lot of people were really liking her work. She did. Mm -hmm. I haven't heard of much of what she's done, but there's a movie called Arch Enemy, Darlin, um, Blind Fire, uh, The Mad Hatter. Um, there's just like a lot of she's she has she's done a decent amount of stuff. And, you know, she was, you know, getting there. She's doing mm -hmm. an Alec Baldwin movie. Yeah, yeah. And so it's just really it's it, a sad so, situation. Something that made me really sad was james gunn tweeting about it i don't mm -hmm. know if you saw any of oh, i did tweets. not see that but his tweets was this is he goes it's an absolute nightmare he goes yeah. that is the absolute thing that keeps me up at night mm -hmm. as a film director because i never want anything like that to yeah. ever happen on yeah. the set of any mm -hmm. one of my movies is like like the immense guilt that you'd feel if mm -hmm. somebody ha somebody passed away on one of his sets yeah and it was just i don't know it's just it just makes you think about safety and mm -hmm. it makes you think about possibilities. And I was talking to chance a little bit about the podcast before. And I was like thinking to myself, you know, maybe it might be beneficial 
for us to kind of change the way mm-hmm. because um when for those of you who don't know about uh film uh film guns those are real guns those mm-hmm. are always real guns that are yeah. on on uh, the set and they don't have real bullets in them obviously right. but they have blanks in them blank rounds but are still gun the, yeah yeah but they still have the gunpowder they still have mm-hmm. everything that makes the gun dangerous but the thing is occasionally sometimes there'll be shards that are left mm-hmm. inside of there and like basically there's um a few different like ways that the prop masters and everybody else are able to mm-hmm. um disarm you know, the gun disarm the guns make sure that there's nothing in the barrel mm-hmm. and obviously that did not happen in this no. case and now a woman's dead and a child is uh, motherless yeah and it's just a all-around Sorry. shitty situation, situation. Yeah. you know because i believe she was survived by uh um her i believe she does have a child yeah and it's just like gosh it's just sad it's yeah. just it's just freaking sad yeah and you know the thing is my thoughts and my thoughts and prayers just go after them and mm-hmm. you know hopefully there's can be some healing and hopefully hopefully alec can like move on well know? not like, I mean, like, like you know like forgive himself yeah exactly because i don't know if i'd be able to forgive myself for something like that even though yeah. it's not necessarily wouldn't necessarily be my fault right but you know Hopefully, um, I know Alec Baldwin is not listening to the podcast, but talk to people. Right. Talk. Don't to be some, alone. Yeah. Don't be alone. Talk to talk to a therapist. Mm-hmm. It's definitely something you need in this situation. Mm-hmm. So, but with that said, um, yeah, um, our thoughts go out to them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, okay. But, our uh, final, yeah. But uh, DC fandom. Yes. Was our final. Uh, last week. Yeah. Fi- DC or fandom. It was last weekend. Was, yeah, it was last weekend. It was a, uh, it was uh, far in the wind in a lot of ways, but yeah, it wasn't as good as the first one. Like the the I, a lot of people are really hating on it, and yeah. I get it. It wasn't exciting I've as seen, the last one. I've seen a lot of people label it a giant disappointment. I'm like, that's a little harsh. I'm like, yeah, it was. It's just that everything that we expected mm-hmm. to be in it was there. DC. And Warner Brothers obviously didn't have enough. Yeah, there weren't a lot of surprises. Like, there's a lot of stuff in the works probably that they couldn't mm-hmm. talk about right. quite yet. Like, because for instance, honestly, you know what I would have loved? A flash trailer. Well, there still was kind of a flash trailer. Oh, there was, but there was like, kind of, but like, you know what I would have loved? What? The, the well, something that would have made DC fandom for me. What would have been them being like Man of Steel two. Oh, that yeah. would have been something real cool because I love because I absolutely love Henry Cavill. I think the biggest obstacle to Henry Cavill in the DCEU has been Zack Snyder. Yes. So like because he's fantastic. He's just not a good character director. He really isn't. He's a really great cinematographer. Very great visual filmmaker. Mm-hmm. But God, his characters just suck. Yes. But with with that said, um, there's just something really um uh, there's just something really special about um there's just something really special about um henry cavill in the role and i'm really excited to see what they do but um let's talk about um let's see let's talk about uh black adam first mm-hmm. um how do you like that first um kind of scene from black adam that they showed i thought it was i think the rock looks great i think it looks fantastic the electricity looks cool yeah i you know how 
uh, over the past couple of years, I don't know if you remember me talking about Shazam mm-hmm. or uh, Black Adam. I always talked about how it's like, dude, I get it. The Rock kind of has to be a little family friendly in a mm-hmm. lot of ways because right. he's The Rock. And he has to be accessible to everyone. Mm-hmm. And I, and how I was saying, you know, dude, don't go too anti-hero with right. this thing because that's not really Black Adam as a character. Right. And Black Adam, he can do he can do good things sometimes. Right. Like don't don't make Black Adam Venom. Yeah, exactly. But the thing is, my goodness, did he convince me that he's not here to play? Yeah. That first scene where he just disintegrates that dude oh and you see God. everything. Oh my God. It was fantastic. It was amazing. And then I was just like, this is the guy who's going to fight Zach Levi. Oh God. Yeah, exactly. It's like Zach Levi is going to lose. He's going to die. He's going <laughs> to He's going he to die. All those Shazam kids are gonna, so screwed. Yeah, exactly. He's literally that poor, like little, that poor little girl with the glasses just getting like choked. <laughs> You're like, <laughs> by Dwayne the Rock Johnson. And then Granted, she's, like, she's not gonna be a little girl, but still it's gonna be very it's just, gonna be very jarring. She's me. just like it's like, oh my god, are you the rock? <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey Billy, that's the rock. <laughs> and then and then he does the WWE shut up, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Lightning. <laughs> he just like murders these poor orphans. <laughs> It's the the orphan murdering hour. It's like, hi, I'm Black Adam, and you know what I hate? You know what I hate more than carbs? Orphans. (laughs) He's like that one dude from Nacho Libre. He's just like, I hate orphans. But yeah, he. But yeah, the Shazam preview was really good. There's not much really to talk about it because you know it's still a while away. It's still a while away. Um, they are still doing a lot of. They're still doing a lot of pre, like because they filmed it, but they're um still doing a lot of like pre-res mm-hmm. and different work, different like work on the film. Mm-hmm. But I'm really excited to see the Justice Society of America in it. Mm-hmm. That's gonna be really cool to see. Yes, it is. Um, I kind of hope that there's. I know they haven't like announced anything, but I would really love to see a live action version of Jay Garrick. I think that would be really cool. That'd be cool. But um, regardless of all that, I'm excited for I'm excited for uh, Black Adam. It's going to be a good time. Um, let's get into the uh, Flash. Oh, God. Um, the Flash kind of um, preview. Gosh, it's really interesting what they did with um, the Flash because. You know, it's kind of a Flashpoint kind of story. Yeah. Flashpoint Paradox. No, there's no... For those of you who don't know, Flashpoint Paradox. Um, And, you know, if you're, like, thinking that you don't want to know anything about the Flash movie, just pop, just, like, fast forward mm-hmm. through this little bit. Yeah. But the Flashpoint, because of spoilers, but anyways... Flashpoint Paradox is when Barry goes back in time to save his mother mm-hmm. from getting murdered from Reverse Flash mm-hmm. or by Reverse Flash. And basically, because he changes that, he creates the darkest timeline. Yeah. And so this is what's happening in this movie. But a whole lot of different things that is not Flashpoint is happening. Yeah. Robert or uh, uh, Michael, Michael Keaton. Keaton. What, Robert Keaton. Michael Keaton's Batman showing up. Mm-hmm. Um, there's two Flashes running around. Yep. Supergirl is there. Yep. All this crazy stuff that just is not is not the usual 
is happening here, but I have a theory. A theory? Maybe Reverse Flash is hiding. Ooh. Maybe he's hiding because I'm not going to say they're completely borrowing stuff from the Flash TV show, but the Reverse Flash has been known to be so obsessed with Barry Allen Mm -hmm. that he's made himself look like like Barry Barry Allen. Hmm. And I'm thinking that there's a possibility that he has done this. Mm-hmm. And he's tricking Barry, saying, like, yeah, I'm totally I'm the Barry of this timeline when he killed the Barry of that timeline yeah, that, our, that our Barry is going into. And, you know, um, hopefully uh, Barry doesn't get too choky in this. Anyways. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, get it? Ezra chokes women. Anyways. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it's not funny that he does that. I am just... I just don't understand Warner Brothers as a company because, you know, they'll fi- still here. They'll fire people for certain reasons and then they'll turn around and like, to be fair. Hi, maybe, Joss Whedon. Yeah, exactly. And it's like maybe Ezra Miller, like I was going to say maybe Ezra Miller needs help, but I'm like, who doesn't? But anyways, right. um, regardless, that's one that's one big caveat of this. Right. But I'm really excited. You got to see the old Batmobile Batmobile teased. All that kind of stuff. I know. I was really and hoping they would lift that. Shoot. I really hoped so too. But you know, regardless, what do you think about it, Chance? Uh, I like. I like. I'm. I'm really kind of stoked to see Michael Keaton kind of return to the superhero game. Like first it was Birdman, then he was Vulture. Now he's coming back as Batman. That's kind Great of. Fun. That's like. I don't know. It's just like you know. I just maybe it's just me thinking I'd never thought i'd never see the day just because you know it's been what 30 years since burton Bat- burton's batman now mm-hmm. um no it looks good i mean like i because i feel like we've been talking about the flash movie from andy muschietti for so long now and like we finally since before it was even andy muschietti yeah like because he wasn't the director that's originally. true i forgot about that they had a couple of different directors they had a couple of different writers too almost um uh as miller wrote a treatment of this movie That's true. Like, at one point. It's, it's crazy. It's been so long since we've heard of a Flash movie, and now like it finally it finally feels real. You know what I mean? Yeah, because we finally have footage. Uh, we finally got a ton of, like, a ton of it shot so far. Right. And so it's crazy to think. Yeah, so I'm wondering, like, I wonder if uh, I wonder if they're gonna put Iris West in this movie. Um, they do. They are actually okay because, because originally Kiersey Clemens wasn't gonna be in it, but then she something shifted in the schedule. Hers, his dad did get recasted though, because okay. his dad, the original actor, I'm blanking on his name, but the original actor, um, cannot, um, just couldn't make it, like, mm-hmm. couldn't work it with a schedule. That one scene of him in jail. Yeah, exactly. That Snyder cut. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, eh. Yeah, it'll be fine. It's like, eh, but no, he's in, um, yeah, he's in the Joss Whedon cut too. Oh okay, yeah, I guess he's in both cuts. He's in both cuts, but still, you know, nah. yeah, you know, nah. yeah, yeah, nah. yeah, yeah, now, yeah, yeah, now. But yeah, uh, good uh, stuff. Yeah, we, we want. Yeah, so like, Flash looks good. Do we want to talk? You know, what I'm surprised we didn't see what uh, season three of Harley Quinn. Um, they showed some pictures of it. Well, yeah, but they didn't. I thought we, I thought we'd get a trailer. No, yeah, I thought we would too. There's a lot of trailers that I did it, that I expected to get, but we didn't. Like, we didn't even get a season eight 
of the Flash trailer, even though I don't care about the Flash because it sucks. I can't believe it's um, gone eight seasons already. Like, seriously, they really should have arrowed it like a couple of seasons ago because Arrow just got way too off the reservations and they canceled it and they really need to do that with this the Flash. City. Like, I understand that in the comics, the Flash makes constructs like swords and everything mm-hmm. like that. And they, I understand that that's a thing, but it looks silly and stupid on screen especially on the cw budget exactly and like oh gosh the cw there's a lot of stuff like and the thing is is like it's weird because apparently ruby rose um oh, and like, all that too yeah exactly because it's like it's crazy because oh they were so kumbaya about like batman batgirl mm-hmm. during dc fandom and then like a week later ruby rose is like guess what was happening on set last season you will not believe and then like and it's such a he the whole situation with that show is such a he said she said kind of thing and it's just a mess mm-hmm. honestly that show really sucked so yeah. like I watched a couple of episodes and I was not a big fan. Yeah. Wasn't a big fan of Ruby's performance and wasn't a big fan of the story itself. And mm-hmm. also the big deal though is if those things are true, even if Ruby was a piece of crap, they just need to end production on just, that just show stop. to stop. Um, cause it's too much, but anyways, just, um, just treat it like Vixen doesn't exist, <laughs> but regardless of all of that, um, uh, want to talk about the final trailer? The Batman. Oh, and we and Gotham, Gotham Knights, and uh, I know this oh, is yeah, in a, true. video games. I know this isn't a video game podcast, but Gotham Knights and uh, Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League looks pretty good. Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League looks awesome. I wish that they revealed some gameplay, but so did I. Hey, I'm. This is what I'm guessing because it's getting to be that time of year. I'm guessing that the game awards is when we're gonna see some see more from Rock. Yeah. Is gonna see some more from Rocksteady because good old um, what's his face keeps on sh- Jeff Keeley mm-hmm. keeps on sharing stuff about yeah. this stuff, and I'm like, hmm, hmm suspicious. That's suspicious. That's, That's weird. weird. <laughs> but um, anyways, the Batman. Ooh, you might as well call crap. DC fandom the Batman trailer yeah. prelude to the Batman trailer. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the best trailer that I've seen in years. Yeah, it's so good. Chance, I want to kind of hear your thoughts first, and then um, I'll and I'll go into mine. Okay, so like, I guess I'll start with the small things. Gotham City feels alive. Oh yes, like it, <laughs> it feels, feels like it is a real goddamn place. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll say that, uh, like we've already seen pictures of the bat suit in the first trailer and everything else, but like, um. Also, like, I can't believe that's Colin Farrell. That does not look like him at all. Every time we see that beautiful man in those prosthetics, you're like, damn, how do they make... They had to do some work to make that man look ugly. Yeah, they had to... Yeah, they they hit the bullseye. Get it? (laughs) I'm so sorry. (laughs) That's Uh, good. That's um, good. uh, (laughs) No, but um, uh, Riddler looks like creepy as hell um just like i don't know like the, the trailer was like i'm not even sure what else to say like it looked like i i feel like i'm would get lectured about my english teacher about my lack of descriptors or something like that <laughs> but like the trailer's so good the batmobile on action looks great um like i think one of my favorite one of my favorite parts of the trailer is oh well, well also like uh him getting shot in the bat suit looks super cool too just like he's just like taking gunshots that's that's what was happening, right? Yeah. 
Like he's taking gunshots and he's like beating the shit out of people. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, this is gonna be. This will be like my favorite part of Batman v Superman, except the whole movie. <laughs> you know what's crazy though? What you remember that scene of the Batman trailer when he's in that corridor and mm-hmm. all the lights are happening from the bullets being shot on mm-hmm. him. Oh, and he's yeah. walking through there, and people were talking about how that gave Darth Vader and Rogue One vibes, mm-hmm. shot by the same exact dude. There and you're like, go. dude, I am ready. Let's go. But continue. Oh, and then. I guess like one of my favorite, and then like my favorite they were because it was Colin Farrell who's just like, yeah, I got him, and then he's just like, I got him, and like he thinks he killed Batman, and then like this car just like rockets itself out of this <laughs> plume of fire, and I'm just like, oh, this is gonna be so fucking sick, dude. And then the crazy thing about, um, the crazy thing about, uh, the Batman is that like it almost seems like. He is like he he's being shown the way that we would normally see a villain almost mm-hmm. like he's like, a, he's like a predator because that's the way that the criminals. Right, like, and that you, you can see that through these action scenes, um, Matt Reeves has created a sense of foreboding because mm-hmm. it is very foreboding for, you know, the criminals. And yeah. so it's really, really cool. Well, that's like like half the fun of the Arkham games. Oh, seeing yes. how scared you could make the prisoners. <laughs> it's so funny because they're just like yelled. They're like, oh no, it's the bat. It's the freaking bat. And sometimes there's the guys who like, they're the goon, the weird like penguin goons that thought they can beat. I can Batman. beat up Batman. Yeah, man, I can beat the Batman. Come on, bats. Walk on over here. But anyways, I, um, gosh, this trailer was so damn good. So I'm, sweet. Like, sweet. I, uh, I really loved the kind of the, the sense of, it really reminded me of a lot of neo-noir stuff mm-hmm. as well. It like seemed, it, it seems to have all my favorite parts of Batman. I love the detective aspect of it. I love the action. Um, I love the action. And I also love the feel that mm-hmm. the, that Batman's has as a comic book property when it's animated, everything like that. It seems to be taking, picking and choosing mm-hmm. all the best things to make, to make like Batman just a more, realized mm-hmm. kind of deal. Yeah. So I think that that's really, really freaking cool. And I'm really excited to see what they do with it. Mm-hmm. Um, Like just seeing like kind of in like the Riddler, he sounds amazing. Yeah. And you get, you'll see a little bit of Alfred in this as well. Mm-hmm. And, oh, you get to see, yeah. and then you get to see Catwoman as well. Zoe Kravitz playing oh. Catwoman. She looks fantastic. She could rob me. Yeah. You know, she could steal all my jewels. If you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I would let her take my consumer grade electronics. Yeah, you're like, yeah. Chance is like, yes, take everything. Take my Xbox. I don't care. It's like, I, I don't even care. It's like, come on, girl. Come on, girl. Just steal everything. I don't have any family heirlooms, but would you like expensive collectibles? <laughs> it's like, you know, it's really funny if she like robbed somebody and her mask like mistakenly got torn off. And somebody goes, are you like related to Lenny Kravitz? <laughs> <laughs> like that. It's like, no, shut she's, up. She's like, who? who, who who's Lenny Kravitz? Um, Stays in but, <laughs> but regardless of all that. This just seems like a very definitive Batman story. Yeah. And I'm very excited to see what they do with it. And uh, Matt Reeves is just such a talented guy. I love the Planet of the Apes movies that he made. Um, it's just he has such a good he has such great attention to detail. And I know he's going to knock it out of the park. 
um freaking uh why can't i think of his names he's the watcher and jeffrey uh, Wright. yeah jeffrey Wright. jeffrey Wright looks amazing as commissioner gordon um i'm excited to see his um, hbo max series oh like, that's gonna be a ton that's of fun cool. and apparently they're making uh hbo max series about penguin too yeah with like through this stuff and honestly like i understand why they would have this in its own universe and I wouldn't mind it if it stayed there, but I have a feeling that uh, Patman, um, yeah, I have a feeling that Pattinson is eventually gonna be turned into the fold. But I think that it's okay, Bruce. You look hopefully different. DC <laughs> has learned their lesson with a lot of their shared universe stuff. But anyways, yes. um, this is a really fantastic trailer. Fantastic mood. It gave um, murder mystery. But like dark norm murder mystery. Yeah. It also gave stuff like the raid, and it also gave some amazing, just just amazing world building. And like Craig Fraser is really knocking it out of the park with all these visually stunning uh, movies. And I'm just so 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 excited to see um, what Robert Pattinson does. And I, we haven't talked about much about our Pats. Gosh, he's. He's like, great. So far, he's doing such a great job from what we've seen. He's just looking so menacing. He's like, I am vengeance and all that kind of stuff. And there's that part where he's just wailing just, on just that guy. Beating this dude uh, into a concussion. And then, like, Catwoman's looking at him is like, what? what like, are what are you doing? doing? Like, you're nuts. And so it's one, it's one of those deals where it's just... It's just something else. But I am just so, so, so excited to yeah. see what happens with this. You know? Oh, yeah. God. This is gonna this is gonna be a great movie. And I think it could have came out in like a week. What? Yeah. <laughs> this, this, like this would have been such a cool Halloween movie. Was it supposed to come out on Halloween? Yeah, because like I think it, it's like originally wasn't it supposed to be March of last year, then it got bumped to Halloween, and then it got mm-hmm. bumped again or something like that. It's yeah. been bumped a couple times. The thing is, there was a time when I just stopped paying attention to when things were going to get bumped, and I stopped paying attention to that because I was like, okay, if I pay attention to it now, it's just going to get bumped more, and I'm just going to get more. Uh, I'm going to get more irritated by this, but. Yeah, speaking of which, you know, there's all those Marvel movies that had. To oh get yeah, the bumped. whole Marvel slate got bumped back again. Yeah, except, except for uh, Guardians, uh, yeah, Eternals and uh, Spider Man. Yeah, and happened. Guardians. Guardians oh, didn't. Guardians go. didn't move too. Yeah, Guardians didn't move probably because James Gunn would be like, yeah, no, no, yeah, like I'm not gonna do the movie. <laughs> yeah, he's like, because he has the power to do that. <laughs> also, that movie should have been out like a year ago. Yeah, it should have been out a while ago. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, now, well, at least we have a Suicide Squad now. Yeah, exactly. The Suicide Squad is a really good movie. Speaking of which, I know we probably should end this pretty soon because it's no, a long ass podcast. But um, did you, what about the uh, Peacemaker trailer? Oh, yeah, yeah. I completely forgot about that. That looks like a ton of fun. It looks so fun. It looks like they, that eagle is adorable. <laughs> I know. <he's laughs> like the eagle's just run, running around. What? <laughs> He's hugging the eagle, and he's like, "Dad, can dad, I get a picture?" Dad, and then dad, dad just isn't there. It's like, "Dad, where are you? This is amazing." 
And it's so funny when they're having the like slow walk and you see, I didn't see it the first time, but I watched the trailer a second time and I saw the eagle and I lost like my mind. Oh my I can't God. believe the eagle's just walking next to me. It's just like more Suicide Squad. And yes. that's literally what it looks like. And I love Vigilante as a character because mm-hmm. if there's one um, part of Arrow that I actually liked, I don't remember the last season of Arrow that I enjoyed, but I'm pretty sure the last season that I enjoyed was the one where they had Vigilante in it. And Vigilante is mm-hmm. a really good character. And so I'm really excited to see what they do with him because he's a really interesting and very badass character. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm excited. And it, it seemed kind of funny because, like, the one lady's like, what's he, like, who's that? It's like, oh, it's Vigilante. He's trying to help or something <laughs> like that. He's trying to help. Or something like that. Oh, and, uh, gosh. I don't know. The, the, the humor is still the same. It's, I can't wait. You know what I would love to see? What? I would love to see a, um, I would love to see Bloodsport show up for a cameo. That would be so or somebody good. somebody else. Like, or Weasel. Didn't I be, kill you? That would be so fun to oh, see God. Weasel um, in this freaking thing. Uh, that's probably like Asia's. Uh, favorite part of the Suicide Squad movie is that first part with Weasel. Oh god! Because I don't know if I've seen her laugh that much at a movie. Weasel like drowning. Ever. Yeah, because it's just it's, like, it's so unexpected. Because it hit me the same way. Like I was like crying because it was like it was like who did anybody was was anybody gonna check that Weasel could swim? Like, <laughs> weasel can't swim. <laughs> but you know, regardless of all that goodness this has been a hefty podcast yes it has been um y'all need to check out dune in theaters and then watch it 15 times on on um hbo max hashtag get dune a sequel yes hashtag get dune a sequel i am but i'm very confident in dune's ability of getting a sequel dp2 dune part two yes i'm i'm excited and the thing is if we don't get one we're just gonna riot we're just gonna cause problems on purpose and the thing is here's the deal um dune is so good that i believe that it's going to be a movie that inspires science fiction writers Mm -hmm. and science fiction um just lovers of science fiction in general right and i know that dune is not done regardless dune will still be here dune will live but um regardless of all that thank you all for listening to the podcast we love you be safe out there. Pod, podcast bros. Box office bros out. Thank you for listening to Box Office Bros. Oh, gee, thanks, Dad. You can listen to the podcast on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher. Podcasts are great. Radio's boring. Have a great day. And see you next time. If I'm not back in five minutes, just wait longer. And now for my next impression... Jesse Owens. Peace out. Later, Tater. End of story. Bye-bye. See you later.